0: Now, where was I? Let me see. The most important thing is to have a very good beginning. Now, why don't you wait for your collaborator? Collaborator? Yes, a friend of mine at school has arranged for a kind of editor to work with you, a fellow named O'Banion. You don't trust me to write my own life. Good heavens, who else could write it? Vera, he wants to give me a ghost. not a ghost ma'am. Oh, I see the whole picture now. A ghostwriter. Is that the most detestable collection of people that you will ever meet? My family. This is Harriet. Someone in the family murdered Harriet. They may do. I didn't. Come and have had him to me. You already done ling, you got to I was. I mean, how about you? Yeah, not that I might be in agreement with his points about the purchases, or just maybe his whole philosophy. Philosophy? This is nothing but a a miserable, deliberate attempt to undermine my whole business strategy. (laughs) You don't have a business strategy, Dad. Your whole business model is is based on seducing presidents. You're a really high-class hooker. No offense. Hey, fuck off. It's fine. Yeah, my hands are addict. You know, it's been a long day. It's been really nice getting to know you all a bit better. Night. Night. I've got to say, I feel a little bit used uh, today, Pa. Oh, for fuck's sake, not you too. as well. I've always been fond of Latin and 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 those ancient languages, the dead languages, so to say. There's some facts. There's some stuff that I remember, obviously from. From my uh, studies, but I keep on studying. This is the one that you saved. You are as its father, a clan of two. You have removed your helmet. Welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. That, of course, is my cheap way of just showing you the many different variations and flavors of the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. Welcome. This is many different flavors. You have film, you have music, you have television, you have whatever the fuck you want. It's December 7th, or as I like to call it, Pearl Jam Harbor Day. Yes, unfortunately, there's never been a really great film about Pearl Harbor. Just go to the documentaries instead. Watching Ben Affleck overact, we don't need it. Now, it is also the birthday of a very intriguing, eccentric musician. I talked about him last night. I would just want to give him a mention today, and yeah, he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in two thousand eleven. Thank God. Eight o'clock. Show's about to start. Step this way. Step this way, please. Wounded. who strangers around the oh. coffee during night. When he, he says, check out town it's 10 a.m. Bam it out just what it means. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you go up the stairs, <laughs> your sweet little wishes and your bread and blue dream. How does a guy with a voice like that decide to be a singer and succeed? Well, it was a choice between entertainment and her career in air conditioning and refrigeration. Ah, an when you walk with Jesus, he's going to save your soul. You've got to keep you I'll keep it now in the hole. I think what I do is try and write adventure songs and Halloween music. you got to. got to hold on, take my hand, standing right here. You got to hold on down the shore. Everything's alright. You and your baby on a Saturday. You know all my dreams come true. And I'm walking down the street with you, sunshine put yourself in some kind of a trance, order to receive certain songs. You know, it's like setting the trap for a song. It's like fishing or anything else. And you have to be real quiet to catch the big ones. Thank you. Here's one. You tell me. The Tom Waits Temp Channel. Tom Waits Temp Channel. The Tom, Tom Waits Temp Channel. Oh. I'll file all these documents I got from you, and then add some toner to the copy or two. Then i borrow your new stapler, mine has disappeared. And who's that new guy in the mailroom? He seems really weird. I know we all must work together as a team. And here's your tall vanilla latte extra cream. They're laughing hard in Soho. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I wanted to honor Mr. Tom Waits on his. How old is Tom Waits? <laughs> oh, jeez. Like I've said before, you could say he's an acquired taste, but at the same time, you haven't acquired the taste for him. It's better than Dr. Pepper. Shit, it's better than Diet Dr. Pepper. Um, He's 73. Okay. Speaking of diet, Dr. Pepper, my grandmother sweared by diet soda. She preferred it. In fact, today would have been hers and my grandfather's 70th wedding anniversary. They are somewhere in the ether, floating around, probably walking amongst us. They were married for 49 years, and then my grandmother died very young in 2001 of cancer. And my grandfather has been gone for two years. And, well... All I will say is he's somewhere in purgatory. But anyway, enough about that shit. Huh. <sighs> Pearl Harbor, a day that will live in infamy. That's why I love documentaries, because I don't think we're ever going to get a film that captures what it was like to be there. I've been there as a visitor. It was very solemn. You felt it. I went on the um, ship where Hirohito signed the the surrender. I saw that. I have pictures of it. But it's all about this moment that happened the next day. Mr. Vice President, Mr. Speaker, members of the Senate, of the House of Representatives, yesterday december 7th 1941 a date which will live in infamy that is roosevelt's iconic famous speech at the same time i wanted to pull away from it because fdr was a politician he was a man he was not perfect And I also pulled away from that because then he starts to go after Japan. And what happened was a lot of Japanese Americans who lived in this country, especially in California, had their land taken away because they were seen as sympathizers, as they saw many German Americans. Okay? So our country has a very, very dark past. Very dark, very racist, not inclusive. Okay. Yeah. Here at the Doctor Zeus Film Podcast, I'm all about inclusivity. At the same time, I'm all about calling people out on their bullshit. So politicians are politicians. None are perfect. I've always equated a crooked politician with like a crooked car salesman. He's gonna try to sell you that clunker. He's going to try to take your money and give you a money pit. All right. And it's not. And at the same time, it's not all about buying a Tesla. Okay. Huh. Now tomorrow, I'd lo- I love to do things early. Tomorrow is another very famous birthday. Very, very famous, famous, famous. This gentleman, I mean... In uh, 1991, Val Kilmer attempted to exercise him. It didn't work. I watched it a couple of times. I went, okay, Meg Ryan covered her boob. He didn't do that in the 60s. How do I know? Because I studied it. But... And Val Kilmer as Doc Holliday is brilliant. But Val Kilmer as James Douglas Morrison is horrible. Because the real Jim Morrison, like many, I don't think you can capture who he was. You can't. There are many different layers to the man, to the muse, to the madness. He was, of course, a Sagittarius. Born December 8th. Was it 1943? Next year would have been his 80th birthday. But, yep, December 8th, 1943, in Melbourne, Florida. Died D- July 3rd, 1971, in Paris, France. So, I think the, the film that really captured the doors was When You're Strange. It is a great documentary on the doors. If you wanna if you want to know the essence of the doors. Because I, I've always said it wasn't just about Jim. You also had Ray Manzarek. Ray Manzarek who was the conjurer and provocateur. Jim, yes, Jim did it too, but in terms of the musicality, the madness of the music. Overall, the band being, I mean, they called themselves The Doors. After The Doors, a perception. Uh, These days, especially in in the States, you have to be... uh, politician or an assassin or something to really be a superstar without a personal manager or publicist jim takes control of his own image he picks out all his clothes from the conch belts to the leather pants seemingly designed to accentuate his crush If the doors of perception were cleansed, everything would appear to man as it is, infinite. These days, you have to be a politician or an assassin or something to really be a superstar. i taken out two warrants for Jim Morrison. One of them is for indecent exposure. I'd like them to uh, give the music a chance. Huh. Jim Morrison with those heady Lamar curls and that voice, that crooning voice. Really, he took that on because he used the same microphone that Frank Sinatra used. That's that's what Jim Morrison wanted to do. He wasn't singing about um, strangers in the night. He was singing about Light My Fire. He was singing about The End, The Oedipus Complex. When you're strange. One of my favorites, Wintertime Love, and then what's the other one? Um, Spanish Caravan. Spanish Caravan is so hypnotic. And it it always makes me laugh when people like I like Linda Linda Ronstadt, but she she talked some shit about the Doors. Oh, if only they'd get a better singer and I'm thinking uh okay. That's that's where I'm kind of like all right. But if you listen to Spanish Caravan and you listen to how Jim just weaves those lyrics, you know, take me to Portugal, take me to Spain. It's like whoa. In 2018, The Surviving Doors, Robbie Krieger and John Densmore, did an interview with Dan Rather. Very very poignant because Jim is gone, Ray is gone. To talk about The Doors' legacy, how the end was used in Apocalypse Now. And then Dan Rather said, having spent time in Vietnam working for CBS he said that the two types of music that the soldiers listened to in Vietnam were country music and The Doors. And in that moment, John Densmore said to Dan Rather, I'd like to thank you for showing the body bags coming home. They don't do that anymore on the news. And then they went into the darkness, the light and the dark, of the doors because in order to have the light you have to have the dark in 1967 the beatles were like all you need is love and the doors were like light my fire and they did and they broke on through to the other side (laughs) over and over and over again and um someone once asked me i think it was a professor they said do you like the beatles or the doors i said the doors Yes as a child your parents sing the Doors the 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 Beatles to you you learn about these beautiful songs these pop songs yes they're rock stars but they're pop songs and then you become a teenager and then you learn about the Doors and you're like oh shit now this is this is dangerous <laughs> this is dangerous this is this is going to break some hearts this is also going to Cracks some skulls. And it's also visceral, hypnotic, provocative. That's the thing about rock and roll. Rock and roll really has to be provocative. Think of Elvis. Think of Jerry Lee Lewis. Think of, for me, the king, and that's Little Richard, being provocative, putting it out there. Yes, Jim Morrison took his cock out. Big wow. But back then, you couldn't do that. You couldn't even say fuck on stage. Lenny Bruce. Um, so, yeah, they were a dangerous band. Not to say that the Stones weren't, or the Beatles weren't. The Beatles had their elements. The Stones had their elements. But there was something very alluring and very wild about the doors. These are all. College educated gentlemen. Making visceral. Crazy music. I, you've got. What's that one? Um, the whiskey bar. And it, and it has kind of like. A German polka to it. And then you go into. Soul kitchen. And then you go into. Um, the crystal ship. Oh my god. The crystal ship. Come on, come on, and then you're breaking on through to the other side, and then end of the night there there was something magical about the doors, and they continued with the Beatles. It's all about the hits, and yes, the albums they they're known for as an albums band. I don't own all of their albums with the doors, I have all of their albums and i always find these nuggets within their albums whether it's wintertime love or spanish caravan or um indian summer on uh the the i think it was the last album and yeah like many bands of that era from 1967 to 1971 that flame burned out musically it still continues people still flock To, um, Jim Morrison's grave in in France. The was it the Jean Jean de Cile? Let's see where 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 is Mister Morrison buried? Oh shit! Oh, if I spoke French, I could say it better. The only thing in French I can say is "Je laisse la disque." That's it. Pere Lachaise Cemetery. Père Lachaise Cemetery. Is it the. Je- it's not the Jean de Lessie. No. <laughs> He's there. People have desecrated his grave. They have written shit. They've, take- they've taken things. That's probably why Elvis is buried at Graceland. That's also probably why John Lennon was cremated. There's just a marker of imagine to represent a memorial with Jim Morrison. It was like, hey, what have we got? Okay. The Lizard King. I can do anything. Mr. Mojo Rising. These anagrams. Not a lot of rock stars had anagrams. Jim Morrison ate anagrams. He fucked them. He smoked them. He took them out for dinner. He was all about anagrams. That's why this was not your quintessential band. These guys were dark. They were heavy. They were along the lines of the Velvet Underground. I've always said that. On the West Coast, you had the Doors. And on the East Coast, you had the Velvet Underground. These two meetings of minds, Jim Morrison of the Doors, Lou Reed of the Velvet Underground. These were dangerous artists. With the Velvet Underground... uh, You know, I saw a documentary on them and they talked about how the Velvet Underground left the audience hypnotized. That's the same with The Doors. The Doors provoked. They provoked people. They inspired Iggy Pop when Iggy Pop was doing the Stooges or in the Stooges. And he saw The Doors and he saw how Jim Morrison would just kind of like be at the mic and then he'd like fall because Robbie Krieger would pretend to shoot him with the guitar because they're doing Unknown Soldier. And the theatrics of the stage. And so Iggy Pop saw, I love Iggy Pop. Iggy Pop saw that and was like, hey, I want to do that too. So, but he took it further. He was cutting himself. He was throwing bottles at people. Uh, he was, I, I love, he did this really funny blip where he talked about the first time he saw The Doors and, and Jim Morrison uh, intentionally sang in this little voice, when the clock says it's time to close now, and these jocks were getting pissed. And Iggy Pop just, he said he loved that in terms of that energy, that chaos. That's what The Doors really, they were about conjuring. Yes, The Beatles were about all you need is love. We're going to play Ken, Candlestick Park. We're tired of the piss. Because a lot of people would piss themselves watching the Beatles. We're tired of it. We're not going to tour anymore. The, the doors were like, oh, okay, great. More for us. <sighs> and even the Stones, the Stones. The Stones really took it far. But with the Stones, it was about the mirror image of the Beatles. It was like, oh, you know, and Keith Richards, I mean, he talks about that. He's like, the Beatles, they got the white hat. What's left? The black hat. But the interesting thing about that is, um, Lemmy Kilmeister of Motorhead, he was he did a documentary and he and he saw the Beatles at the Cavern, before they even had a record deal, and he says, yeah, uh, you know, people always say that the Beatles were the sissies and the Stones were the bad boys, but the Beatles were from the from Liverpool and the Stones were from the London suburbs, so the. The Stones were from the London suburbs. The suburbs. The Beatles were from Liverpool, motherfuckers. They played Hamburg, Germany, with Little Richard. Come on. Come on. It doesn't get any better than that. (laughs) Yeah. So looks can be deceiving. But when it came to the doors, it was right there. It was right there. It was about provoking the audience, giving them these songs that were going to sear into their minds. Um, and then the poetry, you know, Jim Morrison was one of the few at that time to use spoken word and then it would move on to a song. Patti Smith later did that. Um, but yeah. Oh my God, James Douglas Morrison! I used to have like a black light poster of him, and I'd kind of stare at it. I'm like, okay, good night, Jim. And then, and then I don't know what I did with that. That was a long time ago. Do I? I oh, I don't actually. I do. I have the Doors Funko Pop <laughs> action figures, dolls, whatever you want to call them. But the door, the Doors really are they they're the shit they're the shit and Jim Morrison i i think you know we over analyze Jim Morrison his intentions when at the end of the day it's about the music it's about the music it's about the poetry uh michael mcclure a good friend of jim morrison's a poet a beat poet and 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 jim loved the beats i mean You know, um, I was going to say Ferlinghetti, but even Ferlinghetti didn't consider himself a beat. Ginsberg considered himself a beat. Um, But yeah, Jim was inspired by the beats, the beat poets. And infused that into his music. Was a film major at UCLA. That's where he bumped into Ray Manzarek. The rest is history. Now, in the Oliver Stone film, they alleged that Jim had did this this short film about all these different men, historical men. and, And Manzarek was like, that's bullshit. That didn't happen. That didn't happen. So... But I'll leave you tonight with the most famous story of the doors (laughs) was um, you couldn't say higher. And they got on Ed Sullivan and the Ed Sullivan, oh, you can't say higher. By the way, you also couldn't say pregnant. That same year, Joan Rivers, who was pregnant with Melissa, was on Ed Sullivan. And she couldn't say that she was pregnant and it was obvious that she was. And so she had to say, soon, Mr. Sullivan, you will hear the pitter-patter of little feet. So cut to the doors, same, you know, bullshit. This this is the kind of shit that Candace Cameron, brulee or whatever she is, would love because she's all about, you know, that bullshit. Um, And so the doors were asked not to say hi. They said, why can't the CBS executives were like, why can't you just say Girl, we couldn't get much better. And the doors are like, okay. And then Jim's like, we're not changing the lyric, boys. Or guys. They hated being called boys. They're like, all right. They get on there. What did they do? They said it. The executives got pissed and said, you screwed yourselves. You could have played five more appearances on Ed Sullivan. What do you think of that? And in true form, Jim Morrison... This is a mic drop moment said, hey, man, we just did Ed Sullivan. We only wanted to do it once. Because he realized the power of television. (laughs) And if you watch that performance of them on Ed Sullivan, there's a bunch of doors in the background. (laughs) Hey, hey, at least at least he got their names right. Okay. Okay. When Sonny and Cher were on Ed Sullivan, he said, Sonny and Cher, all right? The doors were later on the Smothers Brothers. They were all over the place. And at the helm was Jim Morrison jumping up and down, falling on the stage. And yes, during their, was it the 1968 tour? I think it was the 67 or 68 tour. He was arrested for lewd and obscene acts because he took his cock out. And that's what happened. So, when it comes to capturing the essence you want to watch when you're strange, the story of the doors narrated by Mr. Johnny Depp with some very interesting insight into America's dangerous band. Um, It's been one hell of a trip. Happy birthday, Jim. You would have been 79, you motherfucker. Unpleasant (laughs) dreams.